This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet 50 bucks at Win and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head over to Sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, welcome back, DJs, for the DFS show. It's your boy, Boston Capper, the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer, and special guest, Mr. Andy Lack. How's it? How you boys doing? I'm great. Congrats on the Celtics. My Bucks futures are dead. Uh, Tatum's got some big cojones. I'll give you that. Yeah, he uh, he showed up in Game Seven. Uh, I mean, really though. I mean, Horford stole the game. It was just weird that I don't know. We should have won. We should have won it in six. That was a weird fucking collapse in Game Six. So, you know, but hey, it is what it is, man. I'll take it onto onto Miami where we're dogs there too. So let's go. Five seconds before we went hot, I told you guys I'm on a tight time limit tonight, and the first thing I bring up is basketball. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's how it goes, though. There you go. Well, you know what? We're going to have to uh, make sure you get uh, all your mom's DFS picks from uh, dinner. I need her intel, too, you know? Probably right. do better than us, right? <laughs> Probably. I know, based on my tracker the last couple of weeks. But, no, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this week as far as, uh, you know, the golf course and everything like that. So, um so, you know, obviously, Andy, you are big into the golf architecture game, and I'm sure you have studied every blade of grass at this place, and you put out a lot of content. So why don't you just share with um, our audience here just some of your thoughts about Southern Hills and how you think it's going to play uh, this week? Yeah, I'll be honest, guys. This is going to sound mean. I've consumed some content this week, uh, and I've been pretty, like, shocked with with some of the takes that yeah. people have on this golf course. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm like completely off base here, but I hope not because I've spent a lot of time on this golf course. I've played this golf course. I've been talking to caddies at this golf course. I've been talking to guys that were at practice rounds at this golf course. So I hope I'm not completely off. But to me, this tournament's going to be one inside 150 yards. This tournament's going to be one with short game. Um, I, I think if you're chasing, don't get me wrong, distance helps everywhere, but I, I think a lot of people are, are going down this bomber route, and that's just not the character of what Southern Hills is. I mean, distance helps at any course, but to me, what's interesting about Southern Hills and unique about Southern Hills, first of all, the way the wind is right now, speaking to the caddies there, uh, they're not going to set the golf course up 7,500 yards in 40 mile per hour winds. They're not going to do that. That's unplayable. They're not going to do that, right? So what's interesting to me about Southern Hills is you look at some of these recent major venues like a, like a Torrey Pines and a Kiowa. Um, and a lot, all these golf courses have like six, seven, eight, nine par fours over 460 yards. Like that is not Southern Hills. Southern Hills yardage comes on basically the three long par threes and two mega, mega par fives, mega par fives, right? Which we're not even sure are going to play that distance every day, right? There's actually eight of the par fours at Southern Hills are under 460, which I don't know if you guys watch professional golf, but I watch players hit driver sand wedge on 490 yard holes. So to me, you're going to have a lot of 
short iron approaches to really, really hard greens. Now, people think, oh, it's going to be a wedge fest. That's going to be easy. No, those are going to be like crosswind wedge shots. The degree of difficulty on those shorter iron shots, I think, are probably going to be harder than the degree of difficulty on like a regular 225-yard shot to a green, right? Because the the way these greens are with the pockets, the, the misses are exacerbated. So I still think it's going to be brutally hard. But to me, I think an angle that I'm taking is like I'm looking a ton at short game. I'm looking a ton at Shinnecock. I just – I've played both of those courses. I just – it's the only course that I've ever played where I was like, okay, these are the you have to, and I haven't played Augusta. I'm sure that's close too, but there's very few courses ever where you have to hit these um, 30 yard chip shots off of short grass. You just you don't you don't see that on the PGA Tour at all. Plus the swirling winds, right? So I, I think Shinnecock is I, I'm kind of going to die on that hill, um, and I just like I for me it's short game, and and for me it's 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 inside 150 yards, honestly. Steve, I think you're. I mean, you're locked up with that, right? Yeah, I and, know. Uh, me and Steve are going to be locked up. <laughs> That's not the problem here, guys. Well, who well, gives a fuck start, what everybody else says? That's a huge edge for us, then. Well, when you first started with, because uh, uh, you know, you listened to a lot of content, there was a lot of bad takes. I'm like, uh oh, because I felt like I kind of went on a limb a little bit last <laughs> night when I was talking about this, as far as like, you know, how like when you get to some of these, like I, I've been focusing a lot on the Bermuda. And there's three uh, major championships of Bermuda, Rough, and Fairways uh, the last 12 years in Atlanta Athletic Club, uh, the May, the August Kiowa back in 2012, and Quail Hollow. And there was a lot of guys, and like those were long golf courses too. But there was a lot of guys who were just short, accurate, like they get up and down. And mm-hmm. I kind of just got the you know the theory that I think a lot this Bermuda Rough just kind of puts a little bit of a, a, a rev limit on some of these bombers that. You know, it's not like ryegrass where you can just, you know, bomb it everywhere and then just gouge out. Like, you know, this Bermuda rough is tough. It's going to be tricky. And I think, you know, that's kind of what I kind of went for as well. I think there's going to be some shorter, like more accurate guys that maybe with the firm conditions can hit a bunch of fairways and then have that, you know, wedge or a wedge or a short iron from the fairway to try and hit these small greens. And I think small um, uh, around the green game is going to be very important, just like you said. Uh, it's with small greens and all the runoffs, too. Uh, that's, that was the most important thing I looked at this week with very few exceptions. Um, if you had a very deficient short game, I counted you out unless I found like other yeah. examples of like, let's say you were good at Augusta or Riviera or like concession had some difficult, like tight areas around the greens yeah. too. Like that's where I, I made the exception there, but you're right too. And I'm glad you brought up the under 150 yards too, because I took a guess as far as where some of these guys are hitting their pro shots from. And I found a lot of shots under 150, which was surprising because it was a 7,500-yard golf course. And, like, and right. even if it is, like I just think with how the fairways might run a little bit you know, with some of the wind directions, and you're right, there aren't a whole lot of long par fours on the golf course. You're going to get some shorter pro shots. And even those par fives, it's going to be very difficult to get there in two. Three-shot holes. Yeah, they're they are. Like, yeah, they're three shot. Everyone's hitting a wedge. Right, like number thirteen, you're insane to try to go for the greens. You got the two ponds right in front. You're not. Right. You got to carry to it. And even if you, I, did, I gave it a shot, Steve. <laughs> okay, <laughs> how'd you do? <laughs> Didn't end well. Okay, so yeah, I, I think we're. Uh, it seems like we're probably going to pick a lot of the same players tonight. And that I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, yeah, it should be interesting tonight as far as how we break this down. 
So, I like Patrick, the you got any thoughts? I, I like the, I like the Bermuda angle too. I've already heard people tell me this is zoysia grass. It's, it's not. <laughs> no. Steve, you, what did you, you text me? Uh, what's that? You texted me like an official something or other. Yeah, I, I found I found the actual turf company that laid the sod, and then I, I just the GCSAA always puts out their profile, and it's Bermuda. I know. So, yeah, I know. It's it's a travesty. People get yeah. gas, grass types wrong. All the, all the time. All, yes, all the time. All, all the time. It's pretty funny. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I'm with you guys, right? I mean, with the course type of shit, dude, like I said, like I said, I listen to you, you two with that stuff. Like, I, I don't claim to be an agronomy expert. I don't, I don't, I don't dig into it like you guys. I let you guys do that shit for me. And I trust your opinion. So that's usually what I fucking go with for as far as, you know, how the course is going to play and things like that. I listened to a little bit of what you were on last night, uh, Andy with the, with, Kirshner, uh, probably listening through, through like half of it. You got had a member on and he seemed to agree with pretty much what you were saying, at least from what I listened to. Um, so yeah, man, fucking, uh, I think it's going to be an amazing week. I can't wait to see these guys fucking struggle, miss greens and have to use their imagination around the greens. Like, especially after coming off of the birdie fest we just saw, like, let's fucking go. Like, let's, let's, uh, let's see who can think their way around a golf course. The wind kind of negates that a little bit, I guess, right? Cause sometimes you're just going to get a bad gust and you're fucked, but everybody's going to get that. So figure it out. Well, even with how these greens are just shaped and like contoured too, like you just, you might hit a good approach shot, but it hits the wrong side of a slope and it just starts rolling. I mean, I, that's why I think it's just going to be so unpredictable about, about this place that like even trying to use proximity stats, like right. you would just get, you're going to get unlucky sometimes. And I think you got to also target players, uh, like a, not a Terrell Hatton that, uh, doesn't mind if a good shot doesn't get rewarded sometimes. Right. We might have to put Rom's caddy in witness protection for this tournament. <laughs> Exactly. We might. We might. I don't know. I don't All right. Know. Well, we don't want to keep uh, Mrs. Lack waiting. So uh, why don't we take a break and then we'll uh, start breaking down the tears. All right. So I uh, listen. I got to obviously you guys know uh, win bet. You guys got to make sure you get down on the wins. Bet fifty bucks to win two hundred dollar promotion where a fifty dollar bet qualifies you for up to two hundred dollars in free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And, of course, don't forget to get involved in the same game parlays with Win's Build Your Own Bet feature. All users can receive a free $20 bet when they win, lose, or push a three-leg or longer parlay. Build your own uh, between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, before we jump into uh, the tiers, uh, this is uh, Andy did this on his. Uh, we uh, listen. This is a great week for new eyes and things like that. So uh, hopefully, it's not too much uh, inside baseball um, on this pod. But we'd love for you guys to spread the word, give us some rate and reviews. This, these majors are always the biggest weeks for us. So uh, please. Go out there and uh, and leave a five-star review. Say something nice. Say something mean. Don't care. Just leave a review. It helps us out. Yep. Any uh, review you leave, uh, positive, negative, helps the cause. So thank you very much for that in advance. All right. Well, let's start with a very special guest, Andy Lack. Uh, let's, so $10,000 range. You got Scotty Shepard at 11 4. You got John Rahm at 11 2. Justin Thomas at 10 7. Kyle Morikawa at 10 4. And Roy McElroy at 10 even. So why don't you pick one guy you're really targeting in this range and then one guy you're fading? Okay, so first thing I want to say, I want to make a prediction about ownership, which is that it's going to be really even here. I think that every single guy in this range is going to be between 15 and 22%. Um, I just think there's enough people that I've seen on every single one of these guys in every single angle, and I think Morikawa will be on the lowest end of that. 
I think, but you know, like Mayo's all in on Morikawa and Morikawa will be 15%, I think. And on the higher end, I think it might be JT at 22, maybe. Um, but I think, I don't think, like if you're thinking starting at the top, I don't think there is a clear, clear pivot or a clear chalk, chalk, chalk that you have to worry about. So I would say pick the guy that you like the most up here. I want to talk to Steve about this. Um, I have talked myself into Rory McIlroy winning this tournament. Um, So there's a narrative that I spent a lot of time with over the past day or so which is that Rory's a terrible wedge player. And I've been trying to figure this one out because I I looked at some initial stuff and I wasn't seeing that. Like I I run my stuff pretty long term. So like, you know, maybe I was looking at too large of a sample size, but I was actually Rory was coming up for me as one of like the better players inside 150 yards in this field. And I know that narrative exists, so I wanted to like fact check myself. And so I went back and I, I watched him at Augusta. I tried to find some, some context with some of his recent numbers. You know, I think proximity just in general is a flawed statistic, right? I think I'm pretty sure if you hit the ball in the water five yards off the green, five <laughs> feet off the green, it can, right? So yeah, I tried to factor, I tried to factor context into this, right? And like, I think the perception that Rory is a bad wedge player is far worse than the actual reality. I think he's a, I think he's hitting all of his irons great right now. I think what happened is, I think he airmailed a couple greens at the Valero Texas Open. I think his, I think his like distance control was really off at like a tournament like Valero where he just met like he, and everyone came out of the Valero. I remember the narrative talking like, oh my God, Rory's wedges are an embarrassment. Like you look at his wedges at the Masters and the Wells Fargo and his long-term baseline inside 150 yards. And now how he's hitting his irons just in general right now, it's unbelievable. He's hitting, he's hitting the ball great. The other thing with Rory that I like, he primarily hits a draw. And I think this is a draw golf course from everyone that I've talked to, from every, from remembering playing it. I think of this group, Rory is probably the most comfortable hitting a high draw off the tee. Um, and I think that helps. You want to talk about around the green game. I think Rory's incredibly underrated. Who led the field in around the green at the Masters? Probably the best course that we have in terms of simulating the type of shots that you're going to have to hit at Southern Hills. Rory McIlroy, game like six strokes around the green. I went back and looked. He's always near the top of the field and scrambling every single year at the Masters. He's always great around the greens there. He likes these. I think he's good with the, you know, Spieth gets all the creative stuff. And it's like Rory's been so good with these little, like, weird, you know, short, short grass stuff at Augusta. Um, and he's playing great. He fits the trend that I talked myself into too about like playing recently like it's so weird to me i don't know if you guys heard this it's it's not my stat by the way i I got it from bamford but like outside of the covert year we haven't had a major winner since 2015 that hasn't played in the two weeks leading up to a major and like i'm not a trends guy at all 
But you think about that one like logistically, and it's like, man, some of these golf courses, the way they set them up right now, like you really think that you're going to go from playing Jupiter Hills in your backyard to like competing at one of these. I, I don't know. I liked how Rory looked at the Wells Fargo. I really do. And I don't think he's the guy. He's not getting, Spee's sucking all the fucking attention out of the room right now, man. I mean, it's just, it's crazy with Spieth. And we walk away from that Masters. And who's thinking after the Masters that Rory's not going to be the most popular bet at Southern Hills? And suddenly we get to Southern Hills and Hideki plays great at Byron Nelson and JT looks great at Byron Nelson and Spieth, obviously. And it's like, he's not going to be a guy. He will garner ownership because he's Rory, but It'll be, I don't know, sick, same as, same as Rom, same as Scheffler, little below JT, maybe. So that's the case. That's where I'm at, guys. Sorry for the ramble. No. Nah. Oh, my fate is I don't like Rom this week. I, a low, not a ton of chatter around Rom this week that scares me. You know, I was expecting a warmer welcome for the Mexico Open champion, <laughs> but I, I just, I don't like him on a course with this much unpredictability. He missed the cut at Shinnecock. I, I don't like him on a course where he doesn't feel like he has maximum control over his golf ball. His short game has not been good recently. Of the high-end guys, you actually want him on courses where there are far more long irons than short irons. His short irons, I don't think he has a huge advantage. He likes hitting that kind of high cut off the tee. I'm, I have, I have zero interest in Rom this week. Okay. I mean, as far as the Rory thing, I mean, I know that I have received a lot of uh, text messages from uh, uh, my co-hosts here about how garbage and trash Rory's wedges are. So, and I think that that perception has definitely been around for a while. I remember back in like, like 2017, 2018, like Roy would fan a wedge out and it yeah. didn't look good. But like, it's, I mean, a lot of it's timing, right? It feels it like is. he always does it at the worst it, it, fucking it time. Is. <laughs> it, it is. And, and yeah. that's exactly right. Right. So like, I, like, and even when I was going through, um, cause I knew he wanted to talk about Rory when we did uh, our part on the major report and I looked at the numbers for Rory's wedges and I was like, they look fine. But like yeah, my fine. brain is telling me that I've seen him do it. And I think it goes back to like when he was going through his struggles with that, with, with his driver too, back at the tail end of last year. Um, I just, I, I can visualize him not putting it where it's supposed to go multiple times. And you know what sucks too? I mean, it's the same thing, uh, on why like Rob got penalized that stroke because the camera's always on him, right? Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not watching, uh, every shot fucking Lahiri takes. So I have no idea what he's really doing with his wedges other than what the stats can tell me, right? So, but Rory's always on PGA Tour, uh, always in a feature group. So eyes are always on him. So he's, his bad shots are going to stick out more on your brain and create uh, a bias. Right. And I mean, as far as everything else you said, I, I totally agree. I mean, just, you know, his iron play is really great now. Uh, great at Augusta National around the green. It's tremendous. So I, I, I have nothing else to add. I love Rory this week. I'm hoping he drifts a little bit so I can squeeze my betting card. If not, I'm going to have to find something else probably with him. Um, other than like DFS or just doing that. So, um, do we, we talk about that though? Like who gives a fuck about three points? If it's the winning bet, it's the winning bet. And I bet him at 17. Well, I'm about to talk about another guy who I have already bet on up there who drifted okay. that you. I actually really like this week. And, and, and Andy, you made a point about how this is like, you know, a draw golf course. And, you know, I, I trust your judgment on that. You played it before and I, I see it a little bit, but I, I mean, that is something that take is something I've heard before as far as like leading to a tournament. Like I remember, um, Brandon Chambly making a giant deal about Bell Reeve 
about how you had to hit a, re- a right to left shot, how he loved Roy. Well, Brooks Kupka, who hits a fade every, yeah. you know, every day, he ended up winning. And I remember what Colin Morikawa said ahead of the Masters that when he first, you know, a couple of times playing it, he said, well, look, like, you know, I tried to adopt a draw. I, it didn't go well. Go into this Masters. I'm going to try hit, just do what my thing is. I just know I'm good at it. And he finished fifth. And I think right. you do something like that again this week. I love Morikawa this week. You know, a big thing that I'm on too is how I think, you know, you can't, you really have to avoid the Bermuda rough at these types of major championships just based on the composition of the leaderboards I saw at those other places. I mean, he's the most accurate guy in this group. And I think he's going to be able to get an edge just hitting more fairways. And, you know, that's going to work itself out as far as, like, even if you're a little deficient with your irons, which he isn't, the fact you're hitting more fairways versus guys who have to gouge out, that's going to help a little bit. And you look at the around the green numbers, I admit they're very bad, but he gained strokes at the Masters. Game strokes of Riviera. You know, he wanted a place like concession with tight Bermuda lies too. If he can do it there, I'm pretty confident he can do it here too. I remember we talked about Morikawa being afraid of his, of him back then because he's around the green numbers and he was fine. He finished fifth. So I really like him for this place. He fits a lot of the things I'm going for. Um, and it just, it, I guess like, I mean, I don't have early ownership. It's probably going to change, but it seems like he's going to be the least popular guy in this group and he has a lot of things I'm looking for. So I like him. And then I guess, I mean, like I'm a little higher on you than Rom or on, I guess in general, like because he does have that combination of length and accuracy, which I feel like is pretty important. But I think for me, if I'm picking nits, I guess my fate is JT just because he is still pretty swirly around the green. He's not accurate and he doesn't gain a whole lot of strokes, at least recently too. And that's like my little bit of tiebreaker. I know, I know he's awesome around the green here. Like that's great. Yeah, but I disagree that he's squirrely around the green. I kind of want him on these tight, tight shots. Oh no, I'm talking about off the tee. Oh really. yeah, he's squirrely. No, sorry, he's no, around the, the green. Around the green. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. off the tee, he is. Yeah, he's squirrely as shit off the tee of all yeah. them. So yeah, that's that's my only nit here, and it seems like he's gonna be the highest owned. If that's enough for me to pivot off him, I think that's fine. So. All right, Capper, what about you? Yeah, I mean, we're really splitting hands up here, right? I mean, we're talking about five of the best players in the goddamn world. Um, I, I'm actually yeah. with you on Morikawa, and what stuck out to me wasn't just Augusta. It was the concession to me. Like, I remember him just playing so well around the greens there, and it, that's that was tee to green Bermuda, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that was, that was tee to green Bermuda. Um, the only thing that worries me is we haven't seen him in a while, right? We haven't seen him since well, we saw him at the RBC. So what was that, three weeks ago? I mean, technically, four weeks ago. Zurich after that. I don't count the team event. Um, Yeah, RBC, where he was awesome. He hit the ball awesome at the RBC, but he he hasn't played since. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I mean, I think it probably just comes down to how you want to build your lineups here. I mean, I could could theoretically just skip this range if I don't want to try to pick the winner up here. Like, the 9K range is so tough. I feel like that is probably not the best way to go about it, but... Yeah, I mean, Morikawa, you guys have both fucking started to sell me on fucking Rory, um, but I don't think I can do it. Like, I just I just don't. It's my own personal bias, and I'm probably fucking wrong about it, but it is what it is for me. Um, and I'm all, I mean, so Rom's numbers with wedges are actually trash. Right? They're mm. trash. Yeah, I saw that, too. I was like, Again, really? I, I think context matters, yeah. right, too, so I'm not going to play it both sides with 
with Rory and Rom. And, yeah. you know, stats are like a hostage situation. You could you manipulate them however you That's want. Right. But, yeah, yeah, it's not good with Rom. It's no. not good with Rom. I, I do like his bogey avoidance, and he's, he's, it does seem like he's putting a little better and around the green a little better. But what the fuck did we learn from Mexico? You know what I mean? It's a completely different golf course. And in reality, he got lucky because he duck-hooked one so hard left to hit, like, the serious XM golf cart and kick back into the fairway when it would have been 50 yards fucking OB. Don't get um, started. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I mean, so up here, I don't know. I really don't think I've made a decision yet. If I'm fucking being honest, it's Monday. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think I'm leaning Morikawa. Um, are we just be, are we all being dumb and just avoiding Scotty Scheffler at 11-4? I feel like that needs to be talked about. Hundred percent needs to be talked about. The other thing that I want to say, guys, like I want to give a full caveat that I hand up have the ability to change all of my picks because yeah. it's another it's another fucking week mm-hmm. where we have to worry about the weather. Yep. Like we're do we're recording this on Monday. You guys know me, I'm usually wrong, but I will if I see an edge, I'm going to take it. Like yeah. if I see an advantage, like I'm gonna play the weight. That's what the professional DFS players do and that's what I've learned. And if you lose, you have to be comfortable losing and, yep. and if you win, you're maybe really gonna have the nuts that week. So yep. right now as I see it it's fucking annoying because I hate when this happens, but I do see somewhat of an edge to PM AM. I think I can, I can pull it up and PM. I can pull it up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, Scheffler's awesome. Um, I think the, like he, you know, he loves this golf Oklahoma. Like, I think that's overblown. I, I don't, from what I've heard, like Scheffler hasn't spent any significant time at Southern Hills in the last year. He probably played it once or twice when he was in college. Yes. Yeah. What I've heard from caddies and members. Um, it's just tough because I, I really like Justin Thomas. I bet Justin Thomas. My okay. card is Justin Thomas and Rory. Like okay, that's, that's it, it for me. So I don't know how to, yeah. And, and the Prince of Shinnecock at 130 to one, who we'll get to later. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's all I so I I just I don't know how I fit him when I'm actually going to have yeah. JT and Rory in the same lineup sometimes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, it just seems like I don't know. And you're right, the narrative thing's funny what everybody went out and fucking shot a sixty two like a week ago, but who gives a fuck? It's not gonna be set up the same and whatever, it's not competition. So like but that definitely could put some steam behind him. And he's affordable, right? And so and this is also the week where we get people who don't play DFS every week in here. We're going to click those names. So I think his ownership will probably actually go up versus the sites that we look at, right? Yeah. Where, you know what I mean? Where you, your Tom, Dick, and Harry come in, recognize him, realize they can fit him in with some other guy in the 6K that they recognize the name of and throw him in. Okay. All right. You guys want to move on to the 9K range? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So I'll kick it off. So it starts up with Hovland at $9,900, going all the way to Brooks Kepka at $9,000. So. Um, I'll get up. I love Hideki this week. I think a lot of people do, but, uh, it seems like we all jumped in on that 40 to one, uh, when that num, you know, once he just showed a little bit of something on last Thursday, the Byron Nelson. I mean, there's a lot to love. He's very good at difficult golf courses, hitting his irons great, really good scrambler, good odd bunkers too. I mean, we're making all these comps to Augusta National. I mean, he's been really good there, former winner, did really well there this year too. Um, just a lot to like, and I know he's probably gonna be a little popular, but that's the guy I really love. I mean, I looked a lot at those those Bermuda leaderboards, those P, with at the PGA. Should have won Quail Hollow, so I know he can navigate one of these Bermuda demanding PGA setups. Uh, I know it's not the same track, but you know he played well there, so that's the guy I really like in this range. And then my fade, oh boy, I mean everybody loves Cantlay. And now, and I see it 
the ownership's going to be pretty high. It is. And I, I mean, I, I pushed back, you know, against, uh, Capper when I've appeared on the major report show. I looked at the numbers and maybe I was being a little unfair to him in some respects, but I think just I'm going to stick to the fact that he just doesn't play a lot of Bermuda in his career. He, it seems like he avoids it. And when he plays it, it doesn't go well. And combine that with the fact that his major record just hasn't been good. It's not going to be like that forever. At some point, he's going to show well. But I think just between the popularity and that's something that kind of stuck out to me is just that for whatever reason, he's never hit the ball very well off of Bermuda surfaces. That's enough for me to fade him. So, so you, why do you think he's going to be so, so he's coming in lower than a decky right now. Xander is right around him and we know Xander's going to get the bump and it's showing that Jordan is 1% lower. We know that's going to change, right? Just based on the Twitter sphere. So I don't, I think the ownership is going to, is going to shift. Like I don't think, and you got Zalatoris, $200 cheaper, who's going to get fucking love. Like I don't I think, think you're right. There's a huge Hideki cult too. Yeah. Like a mm-hmm. huge Hideki cult from what I've heard. I think it's going to be really spread out in the nines too. I think yeah. you can play who you want. I, I don't, if I had to guess the highest would be Spieth because yeah. I think he's going to get the data guys that look at the numbers and the public people that don't look at the numbers, but between Hideki, Cantlay, and Xander, I don't think that there is going to be a clear, uh, I think they all could be between like 14 and 18. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think one of them is going to get so far out, right? Just, just based on the people who are around him. Like, I mean, I texted you, Andy, when the price of first came out. I was like, holy fuck, I can't believe Cantley's going to be 9,100. He's going to be 35%. But then you look around him and you're like, oh, wait, these guys are all going to suck up. And then all these guys shoot 59 at the Byron Nelson. (laughs) Like, that's what's crazy to me is it's like the Byron Nelson happens and it changes everything. I thought coming off of Mexico, Rom was going to be everyone's pick, to be honest with you guys. It's like that never, it's like yesterday's news. It never fucking happened. Never happened. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, still looking at short term, long term trends, it's still I can see why people are avoiding if they're just looking at the pure numbers. But, yeah, I, I think that's probably why maybe he hasn't gotten as much steam as I'm talking like I'm talking like mainstream media narratives. Is Rom a top five storyline this week? Probably I don't think not, so. Right? What Phil? Right. Non tiger. Tiger. Speed. 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 He's sucking up a lot of oxygen. Yeah. God, Shuff- the Phil books, the Phil books gonna be a blast. We gotta do a, oh, I, I hope you guys, hope you guys read that so we can oh, do absolutely. a podcast on oh, it. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. I cannot wait for that. Like he's good, and he's clearly not gonna be afraid to burn any bridges anymore. So uh, we're gonna get some good stories. But it, it, it's gonna be like reading the fucking mafia guy's book. You're gonna have to take everything with a little grain of salt, right? Because you're like, this guy's, you know, uh, he's lying on a lot of the stuff, but he's embellishing and you know he is. So, but yeah, I can't wait to fucking read it. It's gonna be fucking awesome. Okay. All right, Capper, what about you? So, uh, I mean, this is tough, man. <laughs> the strange is tough. It's hard. It's hard, man. Like it is like, and it's Monday. All the, all the shit's going to be spread again. And I bet, so I bet Jordan outright, but I think Jordan's going to get above 20%. So I probably won't play him based on that. And because he's, a, I mean, even before I wish he didn't play as well, right? Cause he already played good at the RBC. I was fine with that. And this is the type of course when I, when I uh, like did the Friday stuff, listen to you, read Steve's article uh, around the green game. Like this is the guy I want, right? Perfect. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, it's, it's too good to be true. 
right? Like my father always told me, if it's too good to be true, it's fucking too good to be true. So if he's going to catch all that public steam, then I'll just drop down. And I don't think I, I don't even know if I can make a stand between Cantlay, Decky, and Xander. I think I'll probably spread out too. I think I'll make my stand up pop and in the eights and in the low sevens, or not even the low sevens, but just in the sevens in general. Like I just feel like what. What do you think about Xander, Andy? I mean, you got, I mean, his fucking weekend was nuclear. I mean, absolutely fucking nuclear. I know I broke your balls on Friday about it, but like over the weekend, like, holy shit, man. I mean, that, that shows you something. I mean, do you want me to go? Do you want yeah, me to go? Go, go. Talk about Xander. Well, are you finished yet? Yeah, yeah, fine. So I like, so if I had a gun in my head, if I could only choose one of these guys, I'd take Cantlay. I've already explained why I like Cantlay. Guy I'm fading is everybody else's fade, hobbling around the green. It's just easy to fade him. Can I make okay. one point? Sure. By the way, okay. So you like Morikawa, even though the around the green numbers. Yeah, are yeah I know. I mean, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm myself. Worse. I get yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, there is there a realm that Hovland just has an immaculate ball striking week yeah. off the tee and with his irons and just blows everybody away as far as <laughs> like hitting way more greens than everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Like I like I, again like I feel like we've walked into this trap before. Now my eyes did not perceive me when I saw him at the practice uh, chipping area at the Masters, and he was the worst guy out there. So that gives <laughs> yeah. me a little confidence that he's probably not going to do well this week either. But he watched just, four point five around the green at the Masters. No, he did. I, I know. Yeah, and yeah I, I saw him hitting bunker shots, and it was horrific. So that, that, I'm, I'm just saying, it seems like we're all latching onto that. Just because it's easy, and you gotta you have is. to you have to figure out a way to fucking cut through these guys majors i feel like listen i love barbasol weeks right because i know everybody in here like and i don't have to make super tough decisions like these are super tough decisions this week right okay listen i don't like hovlin either i'm just trying to play devil's advocate gotcha gotcha the, the one thing i'll say on hovlin and by the way i'm not playing hovlin either but from what i've heard from the member that i was talking to and this is like this was on the show with with kirshner but we were talking i asked him about how i think this Oklahoma State narrative thing is overblown because I mean I went on a golf trip to Oklahoma it's like New York to Philly they're not close like all those guys live in Edmond like they're not going out to play Southern Hills every day like they all practice at a club called Oak Tree which is a short narrow Pete Dye course with thick rough like it's not like I get the swirling winds thing but and he was like yes I completely agree with that narrative like I'm not I'm not seeing Wolf out here I'm not seeing Gooch out here or any of these guys, Ricky, whatever, all these Oklahoma State guys that everyone thinks. He did say he has seen Hoblin at Southern Hills once or twice over the last year. Yeah. So uh, he's a fave for me, too. I, I can't get there, but maybe you're right. There's a universe where he's a little bit more familiar with this golf course, and, and obviously the ball striking can, can be unhinged. Um, so I... I want to say I like both of your guys' plays a lot. I like Cantlay and Hideki a lot. Um, I'm going to have to drop one of them, and I haven't decided who I'm going to drop. But since you guys have already done a good job of talking about both of those guys, I will talk about Xander. Um, you know, so Xander, I spoke to another guy who was there on the grounds today, and... <laughs> I said, "Hey, can you just can you just let me know if Xander is a fucking computer out at the putting green? <laughs> like, can you just can you just spend some time looking at him and see if it looks like he's tinkering with and if Derek Ukade is out there as putting putting coach?" And he was like, "No, 
Xander, no computer, confirmed, looks pretty walked in to me. Um, I, I thought last week, and I know they're Xander haters that are going to shit on this take, but I thought he showed a lot of fucking guts last week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of, um, I think the e- it would have been really fucking easy for him to miss that cut and take the, you know, he was eight strokes outside of the, he was eight strokes outside of the cut line with 14 holes to play. Yeah. I mean, that's, I can't, I don't have the stats in front of me. I can't, can't think of a situation where that's fucking happened before. No, I can't. Yeah. I mean, he almost won the tournament. The last time somebody won the tournament making the cut on the number was like five years ago, Brant Snedeker, when there was crazy number, when there was crazy weather at, at, at Torrey Pines. So what Xander did over the weekend, I thought was pretty unbelievable. Now, I was going to play Xander based on course fit before he went off, even if he looked bad because I look at a guy who finished sixth at Shinnecock uh, lost in a playoff at Colonial on the hard year when it was a really really good field and finished third at Aronimic on another Gil Hans golf course and loves Bentgrass Greens and loves Augusta right so I based on course fit I was like I would have I, and I would have played a single di- trust me it was trending that way they put up ownership they put up um the field on like Thursday or Friday and lineups started being made before Xander went on that run. I already heard the narrative about people were talking about how much Xander sucked. Like if he missed that cut, he would have been like five, six percent in this fucking range. Like you bet a narrative coming out of Zurich, like can't like carry the team. Like it's interesting what happened. But again, I think with all of the good options, I still think the ownership is going to be, okay or in the same ballpark as Hideki and Cantlay. Um, and I couldn't fit him on my outright card. Um, you know, I have a bet with my friend. He gave me, he gave me 35 to one on Xander Ooh. for 20 bucks. So I nice. just, I took that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like an official card bet for me. Right. Um, but man, like I don't, I know everyone walks away from the Byron thinking speed, 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 but man, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool to watch. I haven't seen golf like that in, in a while out of him, and I, I track him very, very closely, whether I have money on him or not. So I think he found it a little bit, um, and I I like the course fit outside of recent form. So I'm going to play Xander. Uh, the other guy the that I – this is easy. This is like, you know, I'm not going out on a limb here. Um, maybe I am because you guys know me. I'll play anyone at low ownership. I asked the guy who was there at the practice rounds today, I was like, what else stood out to you? And he's like, Brooks Kepka hit some really bad golf shots. So I just, I don't think he has it at all right now. And I know people are going to do the, ooh, Brooks at a major, he won the PGA 51. Okay, why the fuck did he withdraw when he plays the week before a major every single time? Like, it's just, I think it's it's going to be 3%. So if you're playing 150 lineups, Sure, but if you're not playing 150 lineups, like, no thanks. There's other ways to get different. Yeah, Steve, actually, what was it a month and a half, two months ago? You were worried he might be cooked, right? Uh, I mean, there's something, there's a conversation that Andy and I had yeah. uh, that might happen next week where I expand on that very topic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well then. So Sorry. We'll save, we'll save my take on that. Uh, I purposely left Xander for you, Andy, because I knew, I, I thought you were going to talk about him, and so I, I was going to be polite. 
I actually love Xander in this range too. I'm actually kind of upset about what happened over the weekend. Right. I was hoping he was going to miss the cut because you got the Augusta comp. You just mentioned Colonial too. Well, that also has Perry Maxwell bones beneath it as well. Mm. And Gil Hans is actually going to renovate that place next year too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was going to bet Xander and probably go with Xander on DFS regardless of what happened to Byron Nelson. I didn't really care. But then he had that giant run and doubled the ownership. So, but no, I, I, I love Xander this week. I love everything you said about it. Uh, co-sign on that. Can I make one really quick take too? I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to ramble on Xander too much. I, I understand that. I'm, I'm cognizant of that. But, um, have you guys checked out like the, tra- I talked about it in this podcast, but you know, the trends about these guys coming into the, these PGA championships, like hitting the ball really, really well. And in like all, it's not a guy you want to play someone who's hot. Like we saw yeah. what happened with Scotty Scheffler. I think at these major championships, right? Like you look at the last 15 PGAs, like every single one of those guys outside of Phil is like, you know, half of them are top five in their prior start. Like top mm-hmm. five. Yeah. Right. So I just, I think recent form coming into majors was something that I underrated in the past and I tried to get cute and I think having confidence rolling into one of these weeks on such a hard golf course really really matters I really really like the top five heading in mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we, I, I think we, we talked about last night that yeah. I think the trend is 10 of the last 12 initially inside the top 30 and mm-hmm. I think some like 8 of 12 had like a top 15 finish so yeah just Having in that last start something to build on yes. the Coppa's booster going in, that was a major trend for the PGA, at least from what I looked at. And, and just that just makes sense in general. Like, you know, I mean, you're going to feel good if you hit the ball great and then, you know, go into a major, you're going to feel like you're going to contend. So, Gabriel, did you, did you have in our comment? No, I was going to say, obviously, we just went through the, the list last night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, who ended up being the only guy with all the points was fucking Matt Fitzpatrick. Made me, made me, <laughs> made, made, made me upset. Yeah. Which makes me think maybe that wasn't a very good trend. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I think we're all set here. Why don't we take a break and then we'll, uh, Break down the AK range. All right. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform with millions of players. I even play my dynasty league on it. You probably already have a fantasy league on there and I use it for mine. Hey, look at that. I could have just read the ad read. Uh, it's a game changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on sleeper too by playing the new over under game. It's super simple. First in any sport, choose two or more players you like and then you pick the over under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter in the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere between two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's pick with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride out together. So stop what you're doing, go download the Sleeper app, and play their new Over Under game and have fun with your friends and make some money. Okay. Yep. Well, now I'm going to make you uh, take a deep breath. Yeah, I gotta swallow the AK range. I gotta swallow the nicotine juice too. The um All right. All right, two guys you like, one guy you don't. So this range is pretty fucking interesting, right? So burger pops in everything. Like everything. For like, us, do you think he pops in everything for, for most people though? No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't, but it I mean he looked good the last time we saw good ish, right? Yeah, uh, but then he then he withdrew from Mexico. And I don't I think know. he ever gave a reason why. 
I mean, maybe he just didn't want to get kidnapped mm-hmm. by the cartel. Who knows? The um, yeah, fuck that <laughs> tournament too, right? Like, that's not a crazy. Oh, I hope I, I, hope, I, I hope better be Byron Nelson. I'd be way more concerned. No, I, I'm I'm just making the general point that that happened. Yes, yeah. and and yeah. he he already had injuries prior to that, right? And, and allegedly, his, allegedly, and his I mate, might have been wrong on that. Basically, on one bunker shot, at the Masters. That's true. <laughs> um, but I mean, what's Ber- Berger's major history isn't good either, right? Better than, uh, well, he did well at Shinnecock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm such go. a sucker for that shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, he also, like, he finished top 10 at the British Open last year. He finished top 10 at the U.S. Open last year. He finished 12th I'll, at Harding Park. I'll take the U.S. Open. So off the top that of my British, head, I'm passionate British, about Burger. That, that British Open was not a regular British Open. That shit was like playing the fucking Byron Nelson. Right. It was, was still no a win. British Open. Field, I know. I, I, yeah, fine. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, like, I guess I'm trying to find a reason not to play him. Right? He, he hits a low fade. Okay. Well, that'd be good in the wind, right? Low anyway. Yeah. Maybe not the fade, but if he cut that. You wind. asked for a reason. I know. I know. Yeah. I, so I'm leaning burger. And then I, I was, I, Corey Connors is not going to be super jockey. And he's got a good history. At Augusta, obviously, gave a ton of strokes around the green there for whatever reason. Um, he just disappointed everybody. So we're not going to get 25% fucking Corey Connors. So if we can keep it under 15, I like him. Do you guys have any thoughts on fucking Usti? It's a completely blind faith. Haven't seen that motherfucker in forever. He just withdrew. He's going to the live. But, I mean, he's got a history of just showing up at fucking majors. And if we can get him at 5% or lower, I feel like it's probably worth it. I mean, all the data I have on him is old. I know. That's the problem. So that's the problem. I have no idea what to really expect. I mean, he was playing probably above his baselines anyways all last year. Like, that's when most of the stuff is. I don't so, know how you go compete yeah. on this golf course if you're not playing golf. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's right. So that's why I wanted to ask, right? Because it was like, man, I just see him at that ownership and all that all the shit swirling around him, like Kokrak still well, went out and played golf. Capper, are you playing 150 lineups? Yeah. Yeah. So I just started doing that, remember? You yeah. fucking made, no, you, I think you were the one who caused more of the disease. Thanks, Andy. I think that well let me ask you a question. Who would you yeah. rather play at five percent, Bryson or Louie? Louie. I think it's worth ta- if you're playing 150 lines. I think it's worth taking a shot at least one of them. I usually throw Tiger into that mix too. I don't, I don't see Tiger. Like I, cr- I asked out Tiger, Hatton, Bryson. I, I wanted to play Sanjay, but he's gone. I, I don't know what to do with Neiman either. And so like I talked, so I talked to you about player pools. Uh, I DM'd Wiley about player pools. So like I, my player pools are like 40 or or like right around 40 with 150 lineups, maybe even a little lower. I think I had like 32 last week. <laughs> so that's good. The lower yeah. the better. Yeah, and so it's like, so I even if you make it 150 lines, you still can't fucking pick them all. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. you got to make choices, and it's like Berger was really jumping out at me, and he's gonna be sub 10 at 8600. I feel like people, I feel like that's probably gonna even be lower than lower than nine, right? Just because of the builds people are gonna do. Well, the I the IGP bump you guys always underestimate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I, I like Berger, and I guess. Connors and I'll, I will definitely play a little Uzi and whatever. I'll I'll wait for the Wednesday withdraw and uh, <laughs> and and kind of shift them out after that because Fitzpatrick's right there too, which is going to be uber popular. So, but those okay. are all right, Andy. What about you? Um, so I talked a lot about Berger. I I'm really confident in him this week. Um, you know, I kept it really. I feel good about the way that I broke down the course. Um, and the top three in my model were. JT, Rory, and Berger. And so those are the guys that I bet. And those are the guys that, you know, I 
feel the strongest about. You know, there are a couple trends that are working against him. Uh, the not playing, right? Um, the, uh, the, well, this isn't a trend, but the, his ball flight, the, the fact that he is not super comfortable hitting a draw. Um, but I just think that, first of all, the ownership, I think, is going to be really good with yeah. him. I think, you know, and, and I'm not, you guys know me, I'm super, uh, I pivot sometimes, I over pivot sometimes yeah. too. And like, I'm not really fucking around with uh, some of these guys at low ownership this week, like with that aren't checking the boxes with me. Like normally I would play some Bryson. Normally I would play Louie. I don't think on this golf course, like I'm not fucking around with that. And last time we were out, Berger uh, at the Heritage, he Berger's like iron play does not like you look at the numbers. He's like really not that far from like where JT and Morikawa is at. And he just doesn't ever get fucking talked about that way because he's kind of a dick. Yeah, but <laughs> but sixth at Shinnecock. Yeah. One colonial. Right. Um, right there at Aronimic, too. I think better in major championships recently. Um and I think the ownership will be good. So I and he's got a really good short game too. He's one of the best best bunker players in this field. And so uh, on on your site, Rick Rungood pre plug, uh, mm-hmm. scrambling from twenty to thirty yards, he's mm. he's the best in the field. Yeah, he's really good with those. Short, and I, that's probably why he finished six at Shinnecock, even though we don't have stats for that. Um, I'll give you guys a um, I'll give you guys a fade. Um, well, you know I don't. <laughs> Why is what is Burns doing missing the cut at that uh, Byron just, Nelson? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, what is? Yeah. I mean, like that's. I know it's like we don't care about Byron Nelson. It's a completely different <laughs> golf course. Like I get it. It's. I'm going to be the first to tell you it's a completely different golf course. But man, you look at like it's not a hard cut to make, and you look at all of the long term trends, and it's like all these guys are at least hitting like Zalatoris, for example. Like I'd rather play Zalatoris than Burns. Because Zalatoris like gained four strokes ball striking and just gave it all away with the putter. So right. at least Zalatoris is hitting the ball ball. Like what the fuck's Burns doing losing strokes on approach at the fucking Byron Nelson? Like, come on, dude. Yeah. I just like show me first in majors. I gave this with Steve, but like I think Burns is a can- candidate for maybe is this is a guy that wins like fifteen times on the PGA tour and never does it in majors. So uh I'm going to let that dude beat me first. I'm going to let Homa beat me first, too. Same. Like, let's just, like, just see it. And I have a huge dilemma with Hatton, guys, because, you know, Hatton finished sixth at Shinnecock, but he's the ultimate grumpy guy, too. So what yeah, do we so, do there, guys? And he's 5%. I, I love Hatton, man. He's just, I mean, think about how, how he did at Augusta, right? And those, I, quotes, I those quotes were unnerving. Brutal. Brutal. And I I told Steve after, I I think it was the fucking match play, I had a pretty heavy outright on him. And every time I feel like I bet on this guy, he's like, ah, this course doesn't fit my eye. I'm like, well, I need a list of fucking courses that fit your eye, bro. Like, like, which one is it? (laughs) Like, like every time you go out and play bad, there's some fucking excuse, right? And I love Hatton, dude. Like, he's one of my favorite players to watch. I fucking constantly have money on him. Like, he makes me laugh. Um, I don't think I can get there. Like, I just feel like I'll just cross him off, man. Like, uh, it is. It is going to be windy. Obviously, you know the English connection there, but I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna pass on that. He might be the five six percent guy that I take a little bit of a chance on, as opposed to a Bryson or Louie. Yeah, is Bryson? Bryson's not even going to play, is he? I mean, he t- 
tweeted today that he's at in Tulsa and he's going to give it a go. Oh, okay. So, so listen, man, I've been I've been all over the place today. So I have been, yeah. been on been on the Twitter Twitter box. Um, yeah. All right. You can See bet you. him at a hundred and thirty to one. What do you guys think's a better bet this week? Tiger at sixty, Brooks at fifty, or Bryson at one thirty? Bryson one thirty. Bryson one thirty. No, no question. I probably go Brooks at fifty. <laughs> <laughs> even after you just said, I know you, you heard I just, from the grounds that he hit bad golf shots today. Uh, Bryson one thirty. I guess you're right. That's probably the right answer. Okay. I mean, we're you, Steve. We're kind of all in agreement as far as everybody we like and don't like here. Um, I'll save my burger comments for later. I'm probably going to echo exactly what you said. Um, I'm with, uh, Capra, I'm with you on Connors. I mean, I really looked at off the tee stuff this mm-hmm. week as far as, you know, those other majors I looked at. And I really gravitated towards either you're just the big baddie off the tee that just gains a lot of strokes or you hit a ton of fairways. And Connors actually does both, which is nice. You know, always the iron play is really good. What really kind of caught my eye too is like the around the green game has gotten a lot better, even his bunker play yes. is a lot better. Yeah. Yes. And How about the talk- fact that he fucking gained four and a half at the Masters? <laughs> yeah. Fucking insane. And we're gonna talk about another guy later who's also significantly improved uh his yeah. bunker play. Uh that I like a lot. So yeah, I just think like, you know, he's got a great history on Bermuda golf courses. If you can do it at the Masters, I think you can do it here. Like my car looks a lot like an Augusta National like Colonial type card too. Yeah, me too. So, so Connor's <laughs> on that list. Um, you know, kind of similar vein with, with Xander. I didn't really care what Zalatoris did last week, just because it was a birdie fest, and it was really it was encouraging to see him, you know, gain a bunch of strokes with the ball striking, and you know, just lose with the putting. Uh, the fact that Ka- the guy has done it over and over and over on difficult golf courses, Wingfoot, Augusta, like the two really hard Augusta ones. Even concession, he played pretty well, and that was one of his first PJ Tour. Wingfoot has super hard greens. Exactly, who's played there before? Those yep. greens are so, fucking nightmare. Yeah, so I, I just really like him. And then my fades, I mean, it's Burns and Homa. I mean, yeah. Burns, I still have PTSD from him going up and down four times at Albany. I mean, that had tight Bermuda lies and some runoff areas too. Oh fuck, uh, I forgot about that. Memorial Park as well. That also has tight Bermuda lies too. That was another golf course I kind of looked at this week. I like that too, Steve. And he, I remember on 18, he went up and down that too. And I think he had a bad Sunday as well. I think, uh, the year Ortiz won. So yeah. And I, I thought that was a little discouraging that he missed the cut. Um, last week, I, I still like him long term. I think he has the tools. He just needs to put it all together. But for right now, I don't think he's a finished product. So he's young. Yeah. How old, right. how old is Burns? What is he, 25? He's only 25. Yeah, they're all the same age, Zalatoris, but all those guys are 25. Isn't it interesting, guys, that Zalatoris' like two best putting performances of his career came at the course that you could probably argue has the hardest greens in terms of degree of difficulty of putting? You know, maybe, like, I think about it, um, you know, whenever I play a golf course, like when I played Chicago Golf Club a couple months ago, which is... Has, the best golf course ever, we know. Yeah, fifth greens running, <laughs> greens running fifteen on the stint meter and Christ. famous CB McDonald greens. Yeah, like you have no expectations, and sometimes you think about your stroke less. Like I actually remember I putted really well that day because it's just like I'm not. Sometimes, like when I'm playing my home course or whatever, or playing on slower greens, I'm really in my head about my stroke. And sometimes you get on these courses where you have lower expectations and you have other things to think about. You're maybe you're thinking more about the line than your stroke. So yeah, I'm with you. 
Yeah, like, I mean, I'm looking at some of his performance, too. He gained at wing foot. He gained 4.8 at Riviera when he finished T15 2021. I mean, right. he gained at Torrey his first time there. You know, gained at the Masters. Like, it seems like at difficult greens, maybe you're right. Maybe he just stops thinking about it a little bit. So, yeah. A- Andy, what number did you get Berger at? Because I, at the beginning of the, at the, in the year break, I said Berger was going to win a major this year on our podcast. Mm-hmm. So, what number did you get him at? 65. Okay. I might, I might, I might join you on that. Yeah. I think it's available some places. Yeah. I'm looking at you. All right. Let's move on to the 7K range. So Andy, why don't you kick it back off? Just three, four, five players is a big range. Talk about just some guys you like. Huge range. Um, Finau, Finau fits the bill. Finau's top six at Shinnecock. Finau's never missed a cut at Colonial and has got a runner up finish there. Finau finished highly at Aronimic too. Um, He'll be owned, right? I don't, I don't think that he, I think he'll probably be around 10, 12%. I think, uh, Fitzpatrick will, will definitely eat some of that up. Uh, but, you know, th- I guess the only weird thing with Finau is he lost, like, at the Wells Fargo, he lost, like, seven strokes on approach after gaining, like, nine strokes on approach. In Mexico. That, yeah, that's like, I, that's the type of thing that, like, I'm gonna be okay with in DFS. Probably gonna like I almost bet him at an eighty to one. That's just weird. I don't know when somebody is losing seven strokes and like it's just like that's that's like give me I need answers and I Could haven't be, done the I yeah, haven't done I, the yeah. Can I interject on that real quick? Yeah, I, please. Because it just be just like it was just such bad weather conditions that just shit right. didn't really matter. Like it, like like maybe just throw out that tournament a little it, bit. And I was gonna say like maybe yeah. the positioning wasn't so good, right? Because in Mexico those fairways were so wide and he was right. crushing it off the tee, so he had good lies. So you know, shitty weather, bad lies. Like yeah, I mean maybe that's the explanation. Right, and then I will. I'm gonna give you guys one fade, and you can pretty much assume I'm fading everyone else because I'm gonna give you guys one. One fade, and then I'm going to give you the guy that I think is the best DraftKings play on the entire slate. Oh, okay. Um, you guys, like, these, like, what the hell are we doing with, like, a 20% Cameron Young in his first major? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, do you guys understand? First major, he, missed, he missed the cut at the Masters. Yeah. That's a bad at the Masters. <laughs> that like, doesn't help your argument for using Augusta. No, I'm not using it. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, this is even yeah. his first one. He missed the cut already. It's just like, you think that. I see those stats too. Like you think, like I get it, but it's like, man, the ownership. And I even think you could make an argument that at the PGA, the PGA is probably the best major to take a chance on someone. I would say probably less this year, just because this course, in my opinion, is going to play more like a U.S. Open than a traditional PGA. But like the, I just the ownership that I'm seeing on Cam Young and the buzz. I just, geez, guys, like. Relax. Um, for the second major in a row, Tommy Fleetwood's the best DraftKings play on the entire slate. Um, he's going to be six, seven percent owned. God, you guys see how well he hit the ball at the Byron two on a golf course that was objectively fucking horrible for him. Yeah. Um, he's playing really good golf. He is. And he's making like, he's playing consistent golf. He's the prince of Shinnecock. He had the best round I've ever seen in my life at Shinnecock. Um, he's got an awesome that was, fucking. That was a short windy. Game. Ba- that was a windy bad weather day too. Oh fuck yeah, bro! Yeah, I yeah. was there. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah, he gained like eight strokes on the field that day. Um, he shot like sixty four, and everyone else was shooting like seventy eights. Um, anyway, uh, he's been driving the ball really well too. Like you look at Fleetwood's, like when he was 
contending in majors. You know, he was a really, really good driver of the ball. Um, he, I'm like so gonna die on the Shinnecock Hill, but he spent COVID in the Hamptons. And where do you, where was Tommy Fleetwood practicing out of? I have this sourced on the grounds. Tommy Fleetwood was practicing at Shinnecock for during the pandemic when the first pandemic hit. Um, and he is gonna be under 10%. I mean, I've tried to keep my cards close to my chest with this one. I didn't talk to him in the Sunday preview. I did talk about him with Feinberg on the betting show that's gonna come out later tonight, but Jesus, like he, he even should look good for the stats people too. Like I, God, that's a fucking slam dunk. He was good around the green at the masters. Like he's got the major pedigree, the hard course pedigree. Like that's a fucking slam dunk at under 10%. Yeah. I said this at the masters too, and he finished like 13th. Yeah. Um, and then like, that's my big guy, but I'm going to play Reed and Sergio down here. Um, I am, I don't, I think people looking at a lot of these guys' stats from the PGA Tour with some of these guys that haven't played majors, I I think you guys are like overrating some of the like Sepp Strakas and the Seamus Powers of the world that do really well in these PGA Tour golf courses. I just think it's a different game. It's a different week. It's a different vibe. The live stuff, it's like, I get it. I like Kokrak, by the way, too. Like, uh, talk about a guy who's improved his short game a little bit. Oh, my bit. God. He's, he's third in, he's third in sand saves now. Yeah. Don't that's steal another, my arguments. Well, it's another dumb, it's just these, <laughs> these narratives take hold. And it's like, well, are you actually sure that Kokrak's that bad? Anyway, Hovland is that bad, by the way, but like Kokrak <laughs> isn't. Um, it, it's just like this lift stuff. Like, I get it. I, like, I, it's, it's weird, but like, you know, Sergio, that whole snafu happened and like Sergio played really well for the rest of that tournament, <laughs> finished top 20. And it's like these guys still have pride. Right. And who knows? Maybe if you're like, maybe there's a little fuck you there. Maybe there's a little like, I don't know if I knew that I was guaranteed four million bucks in a couple of weeks for showing up at Centurion. Maybe I'd freewheel it a little bit like I I'd rather have guys that have shown it to me in majors before so i like kokrak sergio and reed down here okay all right all right is it my turn or is it capper's turn i think it's my I, turn okay all right i mean listen i i love Finau this week i love fleetwood this week i have absolutely nothing to add you explained it um so i'm going to start with so i think that some of these because like you said at the top of the show this bomber narrative that I think a lot of these guys who are just, I could, you know, maybe hit a lot of fairways, good around the green, get up and down, they might go a little on their own. So I'm looking at Billy Horschel this week, hits a lot of mm. fairways, good around the green, good putter. I mean, look, like his major track record isn't great, but he's made the cut in 11 of 14. And he's only 7,400 bucks. Like if I get like a top 30 finish out of him, I think I'm fine. Good at Colonial too. I like him here. He's really improved, like, you know, off the tee as well. He's been driving the ball great this year. I like him. Jason Kokrak. That's my favorite play in the 7K range. I love Kokrak this week, and I know that's going to make my co-host very happy. Um, <laughs> I mean, we already talked about the improved uh, around the green game. What what struck me with that, too, is I remember, I think, about two years ago, or maybe last year, there was the article about how, you know, Jason Kokrak was kind of a journeyman, and all of a sudden he turned around his game, and he credited it to, well, I knew I sucked at putting, 
So I just worked at it and now I'm a good putter. And that turned out to be true. Maybe he did the same thing with Ronald Green because like I'm looking at like his sand save percentages and you know his you know strokes gain around the green stuff and it's way better. Like I what is he ninth this year in sand saves? Yes. Yeah, it's just like yeah. I what happens is like these guys leave one in the bunkers in contention yeah. or something like that. Like remember at Colonial where he was well, playing Spieth and and everyone was talking oh, like he Kokrak left one in the bunker at Colonial or something like that. It's just like, it's these, it's what we see on TV that there's not based in reality. By the way, Colonial, right. Kokrak. Yeah. So yeah. let's yep. go over a couple of our golf courses. <laughs> Colonial, Kokrak, winner there. Shadow Creek had really difficult greenside surrounds too. Winner mm-hmm. there. Memorial Park, yep. difficult greenside surrounds. Winner there. So yeah, like there was a lot of golf course fits I liked with him, just the stat stuff as well. The combination of he's pretty he's fairly accurate for a longer hitter or two. I like that a lot this week. I love that combination. I love that play. Um kind of in a similar vein as Billy Horschel, kinda of like Brian Harmon this week too. Again, similar type player. He's gonna hit a lot of fairways, good scrambler, good putter too. Um, you know, I know that you know, Aaron Hills had some wide, little wider corridors and some like undulated fairways too. This place might have that as well. It seems like so. I kind of like that. And he finished um, that 2017 PGA with the with the Bermuda Rough. He was T13 at Quail, and that mm-hmm. was a bigger ballpark too. So I like him there. And then I kind of like Patrick Reed as well this week. Yeah, I think that I, I'm, I want this to be an up and down game, and I think he can do it. And for 7,200 bucks, why not? At like what? Three, four percent, if that. Right. If that. What, yeah. what do you think? Like fifty-five percent greens and regulation this week, Steve? Like, I, it's, that, yeah, I, I, that's about what I think it's going to be. And yeah, if if half your sh- shots are basically going to be up and downs, and a lot of them are probably going to come around the greenside bunkers too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's one of the best bunker players in the field. So I I I I, I weirdly like Reed this week and. Me too. Yeah. And don't forget Shinnecock. Uh, yeah, Shinnecock. <laughs> and don't forget Justine complained that Tiger got to have uh, special treatment there, and Patrick Reed then got the special treatment and has played a couple of rounds. A couple of rounds now is that yeah. right, Andy? Yeah. yeah. And look, yeah, listen, Andy, if you're really right about that, you know, a draw it works here. I mean, maybe that snap hook actually can. <laughs> <laughs> God, there's nothing worse than when you have money on a golfer and he snap hooks it off the goddamn box. And you're like, you motherfucker. Um, I'm not going to have much to add. Uh, so I love Kokrak. I don't have anything else to say uh, other than anything you guys already said. And he's you know, he's mediocre as far as like the scramble from 20 to 30 yards. But his around the green and bunker game has improved so much. It's like mind numbing because uh, he used to be a terrible sand player. If it had bunkers on it, I used to not play Kokrak. That was it. Like, oh, bunkers? Nope. Nope. No, thank you. Um, I'm with you on Sergio, uh, Andy. Um, I I love Sergio. I've always been a Sergio guy, so I'm a little disappointed they went to live, but I don't give a shit. Like, whatever. Like, he's pushing 40, and go make a check, come over here, and, and do what you will. Um, I like him. Uh, Fino, uh, I like as well. So, I guess I'll talk about my boy Keegan. Uh, I mean, <laughs> whatever, man. Fuck you guys. The, um, he's in great form. Is he not in great form? Other yeah, I mean, than, he gained eight strokes putting at, at well. Yeah, listen, that's never, ever happening again. The fact that he lost the tournament where he gained eight strokes putting made me want to fucking drink. Yeah, I mean, we saw his ceiling. Like, yeah. that's it. 
Like that's second it. at the Wells Fargo, like that's going to be as good as it gets. That's it. That's a hundred percent it. But listen, at at this at this price, I, I don't need him to win, right? I need him to score. And he's long and straight. He's very accurate off the box, whether it's with a driving iron or his driver. Um, and typically, uh, he's pretty steady around the greens, right? Until it's Sunday, and then he's not. Um, you know, I mean, he what? So he lost two point four around the greens. That uh, that whole tournament, and the last time he lost that much was back in August of twenty one at the BMW. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like he plays well in the wind. Uh, he hits he hits a draw too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, he hits a draw too. Um, yeah, man. Like, and he hits a ton of greens in regulation. He's he's a stud with his he's a stud with his irons. Like, he's a guy who can make the cut and score for you, right? Not just make the cut and trickle through. It just depends on ownership for him, me for him. If he stays at ten or lower, I'll definitely have a chunk of him. And then, uh, what about our boy HV three? Uh, I mean, he's good. Yeah. He's yeah. good. He's, he's he's on my short list. I yeah. haven't got. He's not in the pool right now, but I'm I'm thinking about it. Yeah, so so he's top ten, scrambling from twenty to thirty yards. Same thing out of the bunker. He's long and straight off the fucking tee. Good with his irons. You know he's got that confidence up now um, after winning that Saudi thing and then being in contention uh, and kind of choking away along with Lowry at RBC. But yeah, give me fucking give me HV three too. Like I I, I like a I like a handful of plays down here and I'm probably concentrated. My week will live and die with probably six six of these guys down here. Okay. Uh, by the way, um, can I just ask you guys one more question about this range? And, and don't worry about the time. I texted my mom during the break. I said, I'll be a little bit late to dinner. She said, literally take your time. It's fine. But nice. I want to, I want to ask you guys about, I think the highest owned players in this range in the low sevens are going to be Gooch and Woodland. Yep. Are you guys out? And I do think Coke, I've seen a little Coke rack. I think Coke rack will be like eight, nine percent or something like that. But, what do you guys think about uh, Gooch and Woodland? Because I'm out, but you know Woodland does spend some time at, at Southern Hills. Uh, I'm more amenable to Gooch just because, I mean, that Thursday was just disastrous. It, clearly something wasn't right. right. Friday he hit the ball better, so that's encouraging. On the front and, nine. Okay, I'm looking at the stats there. I'm, I'm bitter. I, you are bitter. All right, so pipe down, buddy. Let me finish my point. <laughs> So I guess what I would like about Gooch here is that for a lot of the reasons I liked him at Augusta, and if we're using that comp, I like him here. It has nothing to do with an Oklahoma tie, nothing to do with that. It's purely just I remember the argument I used at Augusta. He played well. A lot of the stats are similar here. You know, I, I, I'm willing to forgive what happened that Thursday and go back to yeah. Woodland. It just doesn't really fit the profile of guy I'm looking for this week. He was just so bad at Wells Fargo. So bad. Yeah. And it's like, do we, I know the bad weather. Am I overrating the bad weather? Am I overrating the recent form? But like, I kind of am out on some of these guys that hit the ball like shit in their last start. He's just he hit the ball like shit. Andy, Andy didn't fucking putt. And Woodland yeah, couldn't um, putt. I mean, it wasn't even close on some of these putts. It was like watching my drunk buddy fucking try to make a putt. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Woodland just doesn't fit the type of profile I was looking for this week. So he's out. Um, I will say one more thing, and then I want to ask a quick question for you two, and then we'll do sixes, which I don't have many guys. Uh, if you had to take like a, sh- there's going to be a lot of guys in this range that I think are going to be really low because I think Cam Young's going to eat a lot of it. So and, much. And, but like, you know, Webb was a guy that popped up at a lot of those courses. Webb finished top eight at Shinnecock. 
And Justin Rose was another guy He's that popped up at all those courses, like Colonial, Shinnecock, Aronimic. I think those guys might be just like too bad at golf, but like at two or three percent for guys that have won major championships before and competed a lot in major championships, I may, I would rather play them than Matthew Wolf. And I do think Russell, Russell Henley's like, Russell Henley's like made the cut in his last like six majors, by the way. Yeah. And he's been pretty good at Augusta. So I do think Russell Henley can compete here. And you want to talk about inside 150 yards, Russell Henley is top five in the world. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a profile player I was liking this week too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think if I had gone to my head between Webb or Rose, um, I'm probably going Webb. I feel like it Rose. seems like most of his recent issues actually have been with the putter. Yeah. So, and Rose, I, he just might be cooked and may, he might be someone who's going to go to Saudi too. And I don't know. Yeah. Him and his stupid Morgan Stanley hat and his terrible fucking commercials. Yes. Do you guys, do you guys put Paul Casey in one of your lineups? No. no. Didn't he, yeah. didn't he, he withdrew? I thought he's out. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> I've out. been running around all. Day. I was, I was hoping, I was hoping he would fucking, I was hoping he would stick around and then withdraw after. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. and go to Twitter I think, and laugh. I think Joel Damon replaced him, or okay. no, Russell Knox replaced him. Knox replaced him. Yep. So, yeah. by the way, Thomas Peters, Thomas Peters can fuck all the way off. Yes, he can. Fuck, oh, fuck that guy. Fuck that. Guy. Literally, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. He's like the opposite of what I was looking for this week. <laughs> so. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck him. And right. yeah, I, oh, so Russell Knox, though, good win player. Well, we got to take a break first, and then we'll go to the 6K range. But I didn't look at Russell Knox because I didn't know until probably two hours before this fucking podcast that we were doing. Did, which one did I read? I read Athletic Greens yet? Uh, it's IP Vanish. <laughs> did, did you guys know that browsing online using incognito mode uh, doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data uh, to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private on the Internet. Uh, IPVanish helps you safely browse the Internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means your private details, passwords, communications, history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands, Putin. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can make, you can use IPVanish on unlimited devices, uh, like Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners. With a 30-day money-back guarantee, that's, that's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish, super easy to use. All you got to do is tap a button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, search for, and buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Use promotional code SGP and claim 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. 6K range. I'll kick it off. So lot – just in general, just what I was looking for this week. Diets, you know, either you're, you know, you gain a lot of strokes off tee or hit a lot of fairways. Okay. Good with your irons, good scrambler, good bent grass history, maybe some comp courses. I mean, Kevin Na kind of fits a lot of that. You, you motherfucker. <laughs> I love Kevin Na. I love Kevin Na this yeah. week. Love he's gonna, him. He's going to keep it safe in the fairway. He's been hitting his irons great, great up and down, good history at Augusta, won at Colonial before. Great bank grass putter, like literally everything I'm kind of looking for this week. Um, I'm not sure where the owner, like I'm looking at like 5% ownership on Munoz. I don't know if that's actually legit, but 
I still like him just based on some of the things he's looking at, like the combination of length and accuracy. He's been okay. You know, he's a decent bunker player. He's pos- net positive and around the green. Good putter on bent grass. Um, he had that, I think, what, a top 20 at his first Masters, too. So there's something I can draw upon as well. I like him. Um, uh, I'm probably going to steal somebody near and dear to uh, Capper's heart. You better not. Uh, Don't you do it. You, I, you know him. what? I'm going to save him. You keep him for me. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep him for you. And then why, I mean, like, do we think Cage Lee just keep it rolling again? I mean, he's pretty accurate off tee. His uh, around the green numbers are okay. He's good putter on bent grass. I mean, we saw J.J. Spawn carry a win into yeah. pretty good master success, too. Why? Braca, to Tom Hoagie, all those guys made yeah, the cut so, and finished at so the So masters. why not Cage Lee? Like, if he makes all a right. weekend in the top 40, 6,500 bucks, I'm good with that. So those are my three guys, and then I had a fourth, but I'll save it for Capper. Thanks, buddy. All right. Capper, you can oh, go there. Okay. Yes. The year, baby. Lucas Herbert. Is that who you're going to talk about, right? Oh, you're no. out of your fucking mind. You are. Lucas, am I out of my mind, Andy? Yes, Lucas I am. Lucas Herbert. That's right. And you picked the wrong Aussie, buddy. Oh, listen, I don't give a shit. I'm picking the oh, right God. Aussie. You're picking the wrong Aussie. And here's why the year is going to do good. He is top five in sand, sand saves here. From scrambling to 20 and 30, he's in the top 10. That motherfucker yeah. is wild off the tee, and he is not super good with approach. But that's without wind. With wind, this motherfucker plays well. He's 6,800. He's going to be less than 2% owned. I've seen him doing the win multiple times. Multiple times. Give me him at less than 3% ownership. Good around the greens. Fucking good out of the sand and great in the wind. What is not to like about the year? Five missed cuts in his last six starts. That's fine. He's $6,800. The inaccurate, the inaccurate bomber thing was not really my uh, jam. This no, week. I do retract my statement a little bit. Like, I looked at Herbert. You're right on the – he's, like, weirdly a fucking wizard out of the bunkers. He and, is. You know, he finished seventh at Arnold yeah. Palmer, which yeah. is a really – you know, he gained about 15 strokes short game in putting. So I don't yeah. know how much – and lost four strokes ball striking. So I don't know how much stock you want to put into that seventh, but Listen, hard okay. golf course. Listen, Bermuda, there's wind. Uh, the Scottish Open was wind. Like, uh, where else? You keep, you keep, you keep saying that. That Irish Open was like, was not wind. It, it was, was Jack, wind. it was a Jack Nicholas, and I think he was Bro, like, I will, I will send you a fucking viral clip. It was windy as fuck. It's the only time I've watched this. Some of the Euro. Renaissance Club? Yeah, whichever Scottish one. Scottish Open next week, you finished top 10? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. That's I, I think, one, I think one of the round, one of the rounds, but I think the, the final round, it was Sunday. Under. It was Sunday. And I, I had think money. I think we're worth twenty hundred. Okay. Yeah. All right. Either, either way, don't give a shit. Plays well in the wind. Fuck you guys. He's sixty eight hundred. The um, <laughs> um, speaking of wind players, uh, Matt Jones, sixty six hundred okay. bucks. That was the one I was. That's thinking. who it was. Okay. okay. <laughs> so Matt Jones, man, listen, this guy's maybe plenty of money. Uh, in my day, and I like him. I mean, look, he bombed out last weekend, but whatever. I don't really care about it. He's great. He's he's not great out of the sand. He's good in the wind. Um. You know, I mean, I think he gains almost a stroke on the field uh, when you're playing in really windy conditions. Came in second in Valero. Um, yeah, man, whatever, man. 6600 bucks. I need somebody who can take these adverse conditions and do something with it. And then, I mean, Mito, obviously, 6700 It just depends on the ownership for me on that. And then I got a question with both of you guys, right? So Adam Hadwin is obviously going to be super chalky. He's just a stay away just for game theory, right? I mean, is he going to be super chalky? He was 20% and missed the cut by like seven strokes. Yeah, but he's $6,300. I'm not interested either way. Okay. So, yeah. So, so like, I, like, I think I'm going to stay away regardless, but, like, I, I just feel like he was going to, like, suck up a shit out of ownership at $6,300. Yeah. I feel like people overrate 
these guys that play well at the Valero and the Valspar and stuff like that. Like, I just think it's a different game. You know, um, I thought there would be a universe where Bobby Mack would be super chalk. No, guys? Yeah. Like, are you yeah, guys I'm surprised you guys didn't mention Bobby Mack? He's played in eight majors. He's made the cut every single time. He's got four top 25s. He's six. He's got a better major resume than half the guys ahead of him. <laughs> That's true. And you guys want to play Cameron Young? Like, are we sure Cameron Young's better than Robert McIntyre? I don't get that one at all. I mean, he his stats aren't great, so maybe it's because he's not popping in models, but the dude does all of his work at the European Tour, and one thing that he has been good at is bunker play and playing in majors and scrambling and Augusta. Like, no. that's wild to me that Bob – I mean, maybe he gets ownership. He should get ownership. He's underpriced. I would have played Bobby Mack at 74 by the way, are you guys have any interest, or you think I'm yeah. overrating that a little bit? I, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, I mean, if I, he gained it's not a rigging endorsement. I mean, he gained <laughs> what, like 1.3 t to green at the British Masters, lost over a stroke putting. So there right. you go. He hit the ball great there. T36 finish. You know, T23 the Masters. T30, yeah, he's just churning out cuts and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm fine this with Bobby. Be, this should be your boyfriend. My boyfriend? It was your boyfriend. It was Bobby Mack. Lefty on lefty. Fucking you, you, you spoke glowingly about Bobby Mack forever. And then I he did. burns you, he burns you with some course. And now it's just like, eh, she I was don't think okay. I, nah, I think was, I just kind of cooled off. Was right. It was a, I felt like I gave a very good case. And that was not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> that was like, you made a good case, but I'm going to give you lip service. <laughs> no. I, honestly, I think I just overlooked him. Okay. No, that, no, that that's just a mis- Listen, there's a lot of guys in here, and I I think I just overlooked them, and I think that's a great case you made. Okay. I agree. Well, the I agree. The, the only other guy I'll throw out, um, because it's Kevin Na for me too. I just I think it's such a good play. Um, Steve did a great job of of outlining it already, but like the dude just finished 14th at the Masters. You want to give me 14th here at 6900? Like I'll sign for that any day of the week. You really want a guy who can make the cut here. Now, obviously, I'm not breaking any news there, but, you know, I struggle a lot with these guys that are good on the PGA Tour but don't do anything in majors. But Aaron Wise finished 17th at Kiowa last year and 17th at the Masters in 2019. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I just, like, he is a really good ball striker, and he's, you know, he's another guy where you look at the short game numbers and they're not – great but they're not like aggressively bad and at 6800 I like that he has top 25 finishes recently in majors mm-hmm. that stood out to me and then Mito is the interesting one that I want to get your opinion on Mito is like the cheap version of Cameron Young right yeah. where I looked at Mito's stats last week Mito hit the ball fucking immaculately and I didn't even think that was a good golf course for him so like First of all, A, I'm seeing really high ownership with him. I'm not sure if I buy that also because I think there's still a lot of people that don't know who Mito is outside of the stack community. But, like, how do you guys evaluate a player that's hitting the shit out of the ball on, like, these PGA Tour courses but literally has zero major experience? I mean, I think that was enough for me to just not go with him. Besides the fact that I just felt like everybody was going to click his name. It's just, okay, I do a stat model. I see Mito, 6,700 bucks automatic. So, yeah. yeah. I I mean, I 
I like Mito this week because he loses everything fucking putting typically, right? Yeah. And 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 I think you're right. Like when I saw that ownership, I don't think it's going to be that high. It's going to be that high on uh, Rick Rungood and Fantasy National because right. like we go in and dig in the shit. And then when uh, so I literally the first thing I do on Thursday morning is I go to the, the, that Skyhook guy. Um, I don't know his name, yeah. but uh, he, yeah, he, releases, he, releases, he releases the ownership, and um, I want to see. And I'm like, oh, how the fuck was I this? How was this this off? It's seven percent off, fucking five percent off. You know what I mean? And there's somebody who was chalky, or I didn't think was going to be, uh, or somebody I thought was going to be chalky is in like half the ownership, and so. It, it because we do live in a goddamn echo chamber, right? With golf Twitter, like I, I got to be better at being able to disseminate, like, all right, what is what is real and what is just us just constantly talking in fucking circles, right? So right. I, I I like it, man. I like I, listen at this at this price point. What are you playing for? You're playing for a ceiling, right? Like you're listen. If this guy makes the cut, he can actually fucking score and get you a top forty, top thirty, maybe even a top twenty five at this price. I mean, that's a big fucking deal. Right. And how many guys down in this range are, are hitting the ball the way like you, you, None of them. you just take the talent and say, OK, if this guy's gaining four strokes, eight strokes, ball striking in a field with good players, yep. how many people at that price point is doing that? So, yeah, okay. I mean, the only rival is basically wise. At that yeah. point, and right. why? And Wise, I, I thought Wise's ownership was going to be a lot higher, but I know he burned yeah. me on he burned me on Sunday. I know he oh my Steve god, on Sunday. he fucked me too. Yeah. Oh my god, that top twenty, fuck it. That and Neiman, like what the fuck, Neiman? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. How about outright time? So Andy, why don't you kick it off? What's your uh, outright betting card looking like right now? Rory McIlroy seventeen to one. Justin Thomas twenty to one. JT wasn't part of the original plan. It was actually Cantlay. I think JT at 20 is a better bet than Cantlay at 22. I wasn't expecting to see the JT 20. It got boosted. I think he's 14, 15 at most places. But I went with Rory 17, JT 20, Berger 66, and the Prince of Shinnecock 130 to 1 which is just the fucking disrespect. I mean, their guy Mito, <laughs> DraftKings has Mito at 100 to 1, and you got the fucking Prince of Shinnecock at 130? Like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Uh, okay. Funny. All right. Um, I saw Morikawa drift to 22, and I just took it. Mm. It, it just, listen, I, I I love the mentality he has of going to these golf courses. If it doesn't fit his shot shape, he doesn't care. He's just going to take what yeah. he's got, and he's that good. And just the fact that he showed really well around the green at places like Riviera, Concession, Augusta, I have complete faith that even if on paper the stats look bad, I think he can get it done at that place. So I like him. So I wrote my column back in December. And I said Xander was going to win the PGA. Me too. <laughs> and I got 29 on him, and I just Ooh, took it. That's good. That's there you go. I, I, listen, I already talked about Xander. You talk about Xander. It's fine. I, I said I already snapped that 40 to 1 on Hideki as soon as he started doing something uh, at Byron Nelson. I think his number's down to like 25. Or I saw a 20, I think, on him too. Like it, It's gotten steamed a lot. Oh, yeah. So I, I love my number on Hideki for all the reasons I said up at the top. Um I'm on Burger at 70. Wow, where? Because he lives uh, in fucking New York, and he gets all the fucking good books. It's it was, super, it was, it's it was super a, annoying. It was a slightly enhanced uh, odds boost. I think the regular odds were like 60. So, okay. for listen, all the reasons you guys said, like I, like, I was a little concerned about, like, all right, so 
I what I saw at the Masters, and then he withdrew. But you know, I just at the end of the day, good major record, great scrambler, hits a lot of fairways. You got the Colonial win there too. Just a lot of things I like, and I love the number of seventy for him for a guy who's been very good ever since the COVID break. So I got that. I actually ended up jumping on Finau at eighty. Uh, I like the number. I am encouraged by the fact that when I was looking at him for the last couple of months, the around the green game was really bad. For the last two tournaments, it's actually started to come back a little bit. I'm willing to throw out what happened at Potomac with the ball striking just because just long term it's been okay and they got crazy weather. And he's had a good history at Colonial, good history at Augusta. Um, he was actually a couple shots w- within of uh, heading into Sunday of Burns at Memorial Park too. He just had a bad Sunday. Yeah. So that type of track, I feel like, you know, with like, the, you know, firm Bermuda, tight lies too. I think you can do it. I like him. And then Co-Crack 125 to one. I love the price. I loved all the golf course connections I made. I love everything I saw with the stat page. I, I just figure for, you know, a long shot bomb. I liked it. I might add Fleetwood as well. Um, I have a positional on him. I might end up adding the Fleetwood 130 as to one as well. So the question is, can we sell Capper on that? Oh, I think we can. He's uh, on Fleetwood. Well, well, you know what? He did just lose a charity bet involving Fleetwood, so he might be on his bad side now. No, no. I told you, I buried my hatchet with my fake hatchet with Fleetwood after I heard him talk after the first round at TPC. I did. I was Do like, we yeah. have any like strong disagreements this week that are worth charity bets? Mm. I think only Cantlay, but like, I, it's not even I like that strong. Cantlay. That's between you guys. Like, yeah, I it's, like it's, it's only my weird hang up with the Bermuda. That's really it. I mean, I'll make one to make one. Andy, if you're trying to get right, try to get square with me. That's fine. I mean, we could do, we could do what we texted about. You don't, can, you don't like Rory. So he has a problem. I didn't like Rory. And then I dug in and I listened to you two knuckleheads and all of a sudden it's yeah. like fucking ear. No, work. there's, there's no need, there's no need to force it. By the way, Aaron Wise, 11th and 26th in two appearances at Memorial Park. Hmm. like that up while we were Interesting. Doing. Interesting. Yeah. All right. My, I only have three outrights, uh, right now. I don't, I'm leaving it open. Like I'm waiting to see if stuff moves or where it's going to go. I got, I got Spieth at 25. You can roll your eyes, Andy. It was 25. I knew it was going to get steamed. I don't give a shit. Um, First. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, <laughs> yep. I know. I saw that. Um, and then uh, I got Decky at 40, and I got Cantlay at 28. Okay. I so like you got it. Stuff, That's you like the chalkiest card, by the way. Yeah, I'm It's like that. everyone's doing that. I don't care. Right. Listen, the number's there. And, like, I got room for... <laughs> I don't know. I got room for one or two more. And yeah. I, listen, I like, I like the, I like the Fleetwood. I like the Coke. I love Coke rag. Like, um, you can fit Fleetwood 130, buddy. Oh, I know. You can. I know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I probably, so I just looked at, I just looked at my offshore and one of my locals, one of my locals blows. So I'm going to have to check my other local for the outright prices. I always get him on, uh, matchups. He hangs soft, soft matchups. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, we, could do, we could do Herbert versus Aaron Wise. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll do that. Let's go. I'll do it. You want fifty bucks it. on Herbert versus Aaron 50 Wise? Fifty bucks versus Herbert versus Wise. Let's go. Deal. Straight degen it up. Let's go. Que- question for you: If they both miss the cut, do you grade it as a push or who no. shot the worst score? Who shot the worst? Yep. Okay. I mean, some people would go the other side. I'm fine with that too. Yeah, those people are pussies. Okay. Cool. No, I <laughs> agree. Right. That's how the matchups are. That's fine with me. Okay. Nope. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, I'll take uh, one more ad break and then we'll uh, close out the show with some uh, closing Didn't thoughts. You- 
Didn't see that bet coming. All right. <laughs> We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1 you're absorbing, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. And it costs you less than three bucks a day. You're invested in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 also supports better sleep quality and recovery. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel plaques packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional assurance. Okay. Andy, uh, got any closing thoughts and uh, any plugs you want to make before we uh, wrap this up? Um, no closing thoughts. That was a blast as always, guys. I can't, I feel like we like zoomed through that and it was still like an hour and a half. Too. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, uh, do you, do you want to call, uh, Nagel right now while he's at the Cubs game to get his thoughts to kind of extend us another hour. Good stuff. <laughs> I didn't have dinner. Um, we could do that. Yeah, no, that felt like that's crazy because we had a fourth person and I genuinely felt like we were very good this time. I rambled a little bit on Xander, but anyway, um, no, I mean, I, uh, I got a podcast with Jeff Feinberg that's very fun coming out in about an hour. Um, okay. we do bet our betting picks. Um, and then a separate DraftKings show that'll come out tomorrow evening with Cody Dubose. I don't know. Do you guys know him? I know you probably don't, Steve, because you're not on Twitter. You I know. know he is the yeah, he's won. Yeah, he's, a, he's on the fucking heater. Yeah, he's won like 500k in DraftKings. It's not just a heater, by the way. Like he's yeah, it's a, a lot. Like he's an incredibly yeah. smart dude. He's like a criminal defense lawyer. He yeah. he defends people on death row. We've struck up a really nice friendship over the past does he, couple. Does he months. work for the Innocence Project? I don't know. I'd have to ask him. No, I'll ask him that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, he's a really smart dude. So oh. we're going to do that show tomorrow afternoon when we have more updated ownership projections. Um, I'll be on the first cut podcast, the, uh, CBS yes. first mm-hmm. cut podcast and scrambles with Rick Wednesday DFS articles. If you're in San Diego, I'll be on TV all these mornings too. But with Ron Burgundy again, I love it. <laughs> yeah. That, I, Paul Rudy, local legend. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's it, guys. That was a blast. Thanks for having me. Yep. Of Cheers. course. Always great to have you on, Andy. We really appreciate it. So yeah. Capper, you got anything else? Uh, other than we're going to be giving away a putter. Uh, we'll have the details, uh, for tomorrow night's show. We gave away a driver Ooh. last time. And, uh, mm-hmm. I know it was, uh, and it was very difficult for you guys to, to, <laughs> you know, figure out how to do that. So let's make a better effort this time. It's going to be a nice putter. It's either going to be, I think, a white hot or a Scotty, one or the other. Ooh. Um, oh yeah. I'm in the, I'm in the market for a new putter. The question that I would have for you guys is like, do you guys allow friends and family to win? Because this happened with the golf digest guys that I'm friends with, where I left a review on their podcast and they were like, you're out of the draw. We're not going to give it to one of our friends. So technically you don't work for the network. So I would say it's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just don't. I just. I just don't want to get gypped. Like I'm doing a giveaway. (laughs) I'm doing a giveaway on mine this week. I'm giving away two hundred dollars. So please leave a review. Yeah. If you like, if Kersher wins, like I'm gonna give him the money. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like fuck you. Like you're my boy. I need to give it to some random dude on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) I like it. Although, although I would tell BK, uh, no, fuck you. I'm gonna give it to somebody else. 
You don't. You don't yeah. need it. You don't, you don't have a mortgage. You're fine. The uh, your mom's paying the electric bill. It's okay. The um, you got. You Jeez. Drive <laughs> by at the end. That's his Hopefully, hopefully he's. Hopefully that's he's around bit. for it. No, that's his. That's his whole shtick. He fucking started it. He owns it. It's funny. Like, <laughs> the, um, and I think it's funny. Um, no, that's it, man. Steve, you got anything? No, that's it. I uh, will be on tomorrow with Pamela Maldonado of uh, Yahoo Sports to uh, break down the rest of our betting card. Yep, that's it, man. All right, well, you guys want to find me, Boston underscore Capper, on Twitter. Go find Steve in the Slack channel. Go read his long preview article. I will have my betting article out uh, tomorrow because your boy's back to writing. He somehow suckered me into that. Uh, and, um, yeah, that's it. Let's break those fucking books. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy.